It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Ten-year NFL veteran and one of the best football analysts you're ever going to see and hear from, Logan Paulson joins us right now on the Locked On Commanders podcast as we approach NFL Draft 2022. Our Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Commanders fans, we welcome you aboard, one and all, right here as we close in on the NFL Draft. Welcome to the Locked On Commanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team each and every day, your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Up Chris Russell, one half of the Russell and Medhurst Show, which can be found on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app Monday through Friday from 3 to 7 with Pete Medhurst. Uh, as well, you can, of course, find this podcast always on the Odyssey app. David Harrison, who covers the Washington Commanders for SI's Fan Nation, is out for this episode. Locked on Commanders is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And we're on Twitter, at DHarrison82 for David, at WrestleMania621 for me, at LO Commanders. Once again, we thank you for making us your first listen and watch of the day. We are presented by Blue Nile. This Mother's Day, give mom something she'll treasure forever with fine jewelry from BlueNile.com. And Locked On Sports listeners, get $50 off, $500, when you use the promo code Locked On at Check out. And with that, we welcome in the great Logan Paulson, my man, uh, who I got to cover and I've got to work with now uh, in his uh, post-playing football days. One of the smartest dudes you're ever going to find, one of the best analysts you're ever going to hear from and see, uh, and just an all-around great dude. Logan, good to see you, my man. I appreciate your time. Thank you for being with us. Thanks, man. I appreciate that introduction. You're way too kind. Yeah, well, it's all true. I, it's all true. I don't I don't say that about everybody, but you're my guy. You know that. So I appreciate uh, you making some time for us. Um, so let's start with this. You recently, I think it was last week, and it's posted on the Commander social media, YouTube, Twitter, and all that on their website. You spent 15-minute sit-down interview with mm. Ron Rivera, which not many people get to do, if any, uh, yeah. a week before the draft. Um, I, I thought it was a fascinating interview, which I told you afterwards when I saw it, because you asked some layered, nuanced questions that I was happy to hear. Uh, maybe, um, maybe because I'm always looking for something different, and I thought you did a really good job kind of digging into the non-obvious stuff. What did you walk away from that 15 or so minutes with, with Ron? It, was there a big-picture takeaway that you had? Yeah, I think it's just that everyone has a little different process from everyone around the league, and I think that's what makes this year's draft so interesting, not only for Washington but for the rest of the NFL. Because, like, you talk to Ron, you can tell just based on different conversational points that he values certain things and prospects. And then when I talk to guys that I know around the league, they don't value those same things. So their boards are going to look different just based on how they approach the evaluation process, right? And, you know, Ron is always talking about, you know, he, he had some really interesting insight about, you know, watching two-minute. That's a little unusual. Like, I don't do that because, like, I feel like you want to see the player at their best. 
but I thought that was kind of revealing uh, a revealing nugget from him about what he's looking for, the type of grit, type of competitor that you got to find. Um, but yeah, it's just everyone's got a little different, little different wrinkle to the process, and it leads to different evaluations. And you hope that because not only is it different for him, but he mentioned that they've got scouts, they've got coaches, and how the coaches come into the evaluation process late, later than the scouts do, and how everyone kind of has to aggregate their opinions and argue, and they're they're arguing all the way up until draft night, which was you know kind of mind-boggling. I thought you know you, I thought you'd have your big board laid out and just kind of say, oh. Right. This guy's available. This is who we're picking, but that's not how it works. And I think it just shows the subjective nature of the draft. And again, just everybody's a little different, and that's why it's an inexact science. Uh, you played for Mike Shanahan. Uh, you you came here under that regime. You played yep. for many other uh, great NFL head coaches. Um, did it maybe surprise you when Ron said one of the focuses again two minute uh, and and situational football like that because that is a big emphasis of practice you know uh, during the week you know for for people that don't understand you know Wednesday is your game plan installed but then Thursday and Friday are kind of working on third downs O-line you know red zone hurry up that type of thing so does it stand a reason that that would be one area of tape that he would be I guess interested in and do you think that is dramatically different well, it's interesting, I think, because, you know, you're you're trying to get a sense of the player as a talent evaluator, right? And so I find the best way to do that is just to, like, watch the film, right? And I find that those situations in some ways make it challenging to evaluate the player because of the variables that Ron discussed in the interview. They're tired. They're stressed. It's a high-pressure situation. But when you're, you know, when you're trying to find any distinguishing factor, the character that an athlete shows in those situations I think is important. It's something that I hadn't really considered so, like, in the interview, I'm surprised that he gives that as an answer because, like, I didn't even think about it, right? Because I just want to get, like, the best, clearest view of who this right. kid is as a person. But, again, when you're trying to make these big investments in, in, in the first round, kind of isolating on certain things, like, character is one of the main things. So how a guy presents himself in the interview might not necessarily be how it shows up in two minutes. When he's stressed, when he's tired, is he still running full speed? Prior to the interview, he talked a lot about, like, at Pro Day, how they just watch how guys run around the field. Like, are they, do they want to be first in line? How's their conditioning? How's their energy? Are they high-fiving people? And, like, that's interesting, too, that those things are, are part of the data collection that help you make these decisions. And sometimes it feels like there's too much. But, again, when you're making these big investments, when you're making investments in the future of your organization, future of the franchise, like, every little bit of information matters. So was I a little surprised by that? Yes. But when you're, when you're kind of splitting, Receivers. Everyone's got a different receiver ranking, right? For me, Jamison Winston, uh, not Jamis, uh, Jameson Williams Williams. From, yeah, from Alabama is my number one receiver. And the thing that differentiated was just because he blocked better than everybody else. And he's got big play speed, right? And that's a little thing to a lot of people. But again, when you're looking for separators and how you're going to rank these guys, little things become big things and they, and they kind of help flush out that evaluation. Um, so- you know, um, I, I guess the, the way I wanted to go with this was when you watch tape, like you said, you're looking for uh, guys that block well. You're looking for guys with tenacity and effort. I know that's one of your things uh, that you've shared with us on the radio right. as part of your, um, you know, and in full disclosure work, you know, with 106.7 and, and the Team 980 Odyssey DC as a football insider and analyst. Of course, NBC Sports Washington, as we mentioned, uh, go check out that latest interview uh, with Logan. You can see Logan regularly on Washington Football Today with Julie Donaldson on NBC Sports Washington. Um, one of the things you look for, again, is 
the effort, the hard work, and it seems like those are the little nuances that have become more important in today's game. Do we overrate that as opposed to talent, pure talent, which can make up for some of that? That's a fantastic question. That's like an age-old question. Like, I've had conversations with guys. You know, I do my – I kind of evaluate it. Even before this, I would evaluate the top 15 tight ends. And then I talked to all my buddies about, you know, around the league, what they thought and how my ranking compared. And one of the things that always came up is, like, um, sometimes the rankings were different just because I valued certain things differently. And I and one of the best talent evaluators that I've ever talked to, um, he told me that if the guy does not love football and he does not do the little things required of the position, kind of the dirty work of the position, then you have to question how much he actually loves football. Mm-hmm. And then that leads to more questions. You go talk to the coaching staff. Are you coaching this? Are you allowing this? How is he outside? And so – to me, those, the blocking specifically for wide receiver, the finish for an offensive lineman, the finish for a defensive lineman, how does a linebacker take on blocks? Is it, is it earth shattering? No, but it shows me a certain level of passion for the game, which I think is important, right? Because if you're not passionate about the game, how can I count on you to improve, right? Like let's take, uh, Trayvon Walker as an example, right? In this year's draft, one of the most physically freaky guys in the entire draft, but there's a long line of physically freaky guys who didn't have a high passion for football and didn't pan out. So for him especially, like finding things on the film that support his love of football and his idea that he's going to improve is super critical, right? So like Iki Aquano is another great example. There's no question in my mind that guy's going to be at least a solid pro because right. of how he finishes runs, because right. the football is important to him. He's technically sound. And again, that is a good starting point for me. Obviously, if he's talented, like Iquano is, then it's the cherry on top, right? Because he might not be the best tackle in the world, but he's going to play guard. He's going to help your football team out in some way just because the passion and the grit and the drive to get better is there in every facet of the game. So that's why I think it's important because I think it informs kind of a long-term professional as opposed to like a flash in the pan. Now, there are guys that are very talented or that are successful, but I find it very rare in my experience, just being around the league, that uh, even a super talented guy is successful without having some semblance of work, out, work ethic and grit. And so that's why those things are important. Now, do you need 100% toughness and grit for if you're a receiver? No. Like Jamison Williams gets killed on a lot of blocks, right? But at least I see a desire and a courage mm-hmm. to throw his body in there and be physical. Like he covers kicks on, on, uh, on punt. Like that stuff is important because now I say this guy is he, – he loves playing football. And if you love playing football, you're willing to practice, you're willing to study film, you're willing to improve. And to me, that is the thing maybe that's most important when fleshing out a long-term pro. And that's also who you mocked recently to the yeah. Washington Commanders, correct? I mean, where correct. most people have Drake London, you're going with maybe – you know, the more talented, uh, you know, guy with, with, with a higher ceiling maybe. And like right. you said, some of the characteristics that you're looking for. Yeah. And that's not to say I don't love Drake London. Like I love Drake London. Like when you watch this film again, you see a physicality, you see a physicality on finishes, you see a competitiveness when the ball's in the air. They have him doing some kind of like tight end style blocks and he shows tremendous courage. So do I question Drake London's love of the game? Zero. Like, I think he's going to be a good pro. The thing that I question is his top-end speed, right? Mm -hmm. And you see these big receivers who have a hard time transitioning the NFL because they are not, A, quick, or B, fast. He is very quick in the short area, which I think covers up a lot of ills, you know, in terms of route running, releases, all these different things. So I like that. 
But again, I'm, I kind of say to myself, people see him because of body type as a true X receiver. In terms of usage at, US, at USC, I see him more as like a kind of a move piece that you need to find in good matchups, right? Is he going to make your football team better? Yes. But is, is Jamison Williams going to make you elite potentially? Is he going to be the next Tyree Kill potentially? Like that's the type of speed Henry Ruggs, right? We saw what that did for the Oakland offense or the Las Vegas offense, excuse me, before he had that terrible accident. But mm-hmm. that is game changing. That's defense changing. So to me, I just thought Jamison Williams, again, shows that tremendous physical courage. He obviously has a passion for the game. But obviously the upside for him is offense changing, coverage changing, coverage dictating. I think that's more valuable. A couple of situational questions and some thoughts on the tight end, some of which Logan has worked with for this particular draft class. That's coming up next right here on the Locked On Commanders podcast with my guy Logan Paulson. You can check him out on Instagram, Logan underscore Paulson 82, where he's doing video breakdowns. Professor Paulson at work, always doing a great job and here with us on the Locked On Commanders podcast. But guys, Mother's Day is coming up and BlueNile.com wants to celebrate with you. They have fine jewelry options for every mom in your life, uh, whether it's your wife, girlfriend, somebody special, or indeed your mom. Shop high-quality classic diamond earrings, elegant tennis bracelets, or gemstone pendant necklaces with BlueNile.com. The fine moments in life should be celebrated with fine jewelry. If you're having trouble finding something, Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7. They're available by phone or chat to help you find Again, a memorable gift for Mother's Day at every budget. Mark Mother's Day with something enduring. Again, classic diamond stud earrings, uh, the tennis bracelets, the birthstone pennants, and so much more. You can check it all out at BlueNile.com. Again, this Mother's Day, give the special woman, the special mom in your life something she'll treasure forever. With fine jewelry from BlueNile.com and locked on Washington Commanders listeners, get $50 off, $500. This podcast exclusive is only good through Mother's Day, guys. Use the promo code Locked On. That's code Locked On. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop, shop stress-free and find your forever piece at BlueNile.com today. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, thanks for making the Locked On Commanders podcast your first listen and watch every day. Now for a big announcement for the first time ever, Locked On is hosting live coverage of the NFL Draft from our studios in Dallas with pick-by-pick analysis from our local team experts and draft gurus. Tune in all three days as our draft team guides you through every pick and every trade in real time. It all starts on Thursday, April 28th, 7 o'clock Eastern, available on the Locked On NFL on YouTube page and on the Odyssey app. And joining us once again is my guy Logan Paulson, Professor Paulson, as we lovingly call him. Of course, he is an Odyssey, Washington, D.C. NFL uh, analyst. And uh, as well, you can watch him on NBC Sports Washington 
for Washington football today uh, and doing great video breakdowns, of course, on Instagram as well. Uh, Logan underscore Paulson82. And, oh, he just happened to be a former 10-year uh, NFL tight end playing, of course, with the Washington then Redskins and a bunch of other teams like the Atlanta Falcons and the Houston Texans, so on and so forth. All right. Uh, Logan, I wanted to get to uh, this. If, if, if at number 11, right, uh, Kyle Hamilton's on the board. Yeah. Um, maybe one of the receivers is gone. So maybe, you know, maybe Jamison Williams goes to the Jets at number 10, who definitely need a receiver and went after yeah. Tyreek Hill. So maybe he's not there, but the two Ohio State guys, Drake London, are on the board. And say one of the big offensive tackles. I don't know if it'll be Cross. Um, it probably won't be Iki Aquanu, who I know you mentioned and like. Uh, maybe, you know, it'll be, um, um, Neil, Evan Neil. Neil, who, who some people are, I guess, dinging a little bit because of medicals. Do you think there's any chance that they go kind of away from the common prevailing theory, which is wide receiver and or safety and maybe go with an offensive tackle if one of those guys are there? Do you, do you see a scenario that would allow that? Or maybe even another position, I guess, maybe a Stingley or even if a Sauce Gardner is there at corner. I think if Sauce Gardner's there, you jump all over it. I think yeah. he's probably my second highest, is that right? Second highest defensive player in the draft this year after Aiden Hutchinson. I think he's, again, he just checks all the boxes for me. Height, length, weight, speed, composition. I heard he interviewed really well. Physicality. Like, I know Derek, Derek Singley probably has a higher upside, uh, you know, in terms of being a pro, but I think there's a lot of risk associated with that. And I know, you know, some people are willing to take that on it. Like I heard today that, um, Houston at three might be taking a look at him, which is pretty high. But again, like that's the kind of upside that that kind of player has. And then I've heard through the grapevine, through various channels, that um, if one, they really like two of the three offensive tackles. And so if one of those two were to fall to them at 11, I think that's the direction they would go, just as a way to make sure that Carson Wentz has clean pockets. And there's a history that history supports that decision, that assertion. You know, when he was in uh, Philadelphia, those offensive lines in uh, 16, 17, I want to say, right. were top five rated groups. Yep. And you, I think you need to replace guard. You know, like there has been some talk that, and at least in my mind anyway, because Cosme's so athletic, you could easily move him into guard and have that rookie play that right tackle for a year. Um, then you have two pieces to kind of build around. I think eventually Leno's going to retire, right? One of them can bump over to left, right? Then you do the guard dance all over again. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do think that that is very, very viable. The, the problem with that is that it's hard to envision those guys falling, right, mm-hmm. uh, out of the top. Just because the other draft positions, like, like let's just talk about it. If Derek Sidney goes at three, that's one way to bump him down because then Aquano gets bumped to five with New York, right? Then New York is uh, – they, they've got their tackle taken care of. That means they don't need to pick at seven. And then uh, Carolina probably picks an offensive lineman at six if they don't go Kenny Pickett, which I've heard they're kind of leaning towards cross in the situation. So in that case, there's a little bit of a fall potential for a guy like Neil, who I have as the highest grade graded offensive lineman just based on tape. I think Aquano has a higher upside, higher ceiling, which is why I think he's going to go first. But Neil, I think, is just a, a very solid run blocker, excellent pass protection. There have been some questions about his passion for the game. Sometimes you look you look at him and you're kind of like, man, he's just kind of cruising out there, you know, because right. he's so good and he's so much bigger and better than everybody. But I think if a guy like that fell to 11, I think that's the direction you go. You mentioned Kyle Hamilton. I think Kyle Hamilton's a very good football player, but he fits a very hyper-specific niche in this defense. I don't think he's this game-changing revolutionary defensive player. I see 
a version of Cam Chancellor. So, right, he's not going to be outstanding in man-to-man coverage. He's not going to play close safety. He is kind of a more athletic, more twitched-up version of Landon Collins, you know, with maybe better instincts at this point. And so when you hear that, that's not like, oh, he's just going to play Buffalo Nickel here. And is that worth it at 11, especially when there's other safeties who I think have better coverage ability later in the draft, if that makes sense. So basically on Hamilton, just to dig down a little bit on that, what you're saying is he would fit, of course, that Buffalo Nickel role that, you know, again, they should have started Landon Collins with earlier last year, and and Landon fought them on it, so maybe they gave in and acquiesced a little bit. Uh, But it, it certainly was where he was the most productive. But Hamilton, like, if you're thinking, hey, you know what, I'm going to take this guy at 11 because I think he can be my Buffalo nickel. I think he can play my two deep safeties if I want to play that. But can he play that pencil eraser, single high center field safety spot, rotate over far sideline to far sideline, in your opinion, with the lack of time speed at least? So, again, like, so when when I – before the combine, I watched this tape, kind of getting ready for actually your show on 980. And one of the things that came out to me was, like, I'm like, how fast is this guy really? Because I was expecting, like, you know, Sean Taylor. That's what I was expecting. People were talking about him in that type of in that type of pantheon of player, right? And Sean Taylor, big, fast, physical, right? And he was all over the football field. And I was expecting that. But when you watch Kyle Hamilton, at least in my opinion, again, this is not a commentary on him as a football player, but I don't think he's got the ability – to, to run like his foot he's not super twitched up as a runner and so it definitely impacts his ability to cover grass he's not great man-to-man coverage like he is he's a version of cam chancery he's like kind of a linebacker right. safety hybrid mix there and that's there's nothing wrong with that but that's a very specific role so i think if people were to say oh you know like i think they need to manage expectations is what i say right like he's going to fit a role he's going to play it really well he's going to be all over the field as a buffalo nickel but if you ask him to play post safety, I think he's going to struggle. Like he, on film, when you watch him, like he has a hard time with angles in pursuit. Again, I think a little bit of it's his speed. He anticipates well, you can see it, but he can't close the grass the same way. So, again, like I, would I love it if he was there? Yes. And would, would I be happy if they picked him? Yes. But I think fans need to understand he's going to fit something very specific in this defense. Will the defense be better? Yes. But don't expect him to be revolutionary, life-changing. He's going to be a solid, good contributor type player who could potentially get a Pro Bowl kind of in this hybrid linebacker safety role. All right, Logan Paulson is with us. One more segment. We will wrap up. I want to ask a couple of things about what Ron Rivera talked about on Monday and get Logan's thoughts uh, on that. Good stuff here. Again, make sure you're following him on Instagram, Logan underscore Paulson 82. Watch him on NBC Sports Washington as well. Listen to him on Odyssey Washington, D.C. on the Team 980 and 106.7 The Fan. More with Logan in just a sec. But, guys, it is Chris Russell here for our friends at Built Bar and Built Bar Puffs. If you're missing out on the Built Bar Puffs, they are awesome. The first ever protein infused marshmallow. Logan's a guy who eats really, really, really healthy. I'm not, but I love my built bars, uh, and I'm sure you are going to love built bars and built bar puffs, uh, as well. So many great flavors. They're always coming out with new and different, unique, exciting flavors, and they're all around 130, 140 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, 17 grams of protein. So you could use it as a meal replacement, a post workout treat, or a late night dessert. Go to built dot com right now use the promo code locked 15 and get 15 percent off your order by using the promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off 
at built.com. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. All right. We finished up with Logan Paulson uh, here. Logan. Um, so Ron said on Monday, two things that struck me. He said in the past, He's only looked at, like, the top 100, and he expanded it to the top 150 this year. He also said he started way earlier, like uh, about a month earlier. Normally, he would start the draft process right before the combine. He said he started it in mid to late January. Does any of that kind of surprise you in any way that he felt that need maybe? Is that is that him saying pressure, or is that just him saying, hey, you know what, what I was doing in the year years past – uh, with some of the same people around me, just wasn't good enough. Yeah, so I think that's one way to read it. I didn't even think about that. To me, my mind, when he said that, I was like, oh, the reason he's doing that is because this this is one of the deepest, most dense drafts I've ever seen. Like, it's just, I, I, it was, it made it so hard to evaluate guys and kind of do my mock draft because you're like, that bottom five, ten picks of the first round, there's like 50, maybe 60 people that could easily fit in there and you wouldn't even bat an eye like that's the kind of talent like you talk to you listen to Mel Kuyper Jr. you listen to Todd McShay you listen to Daniel Jeremiah all they are talking about is how they have guys who are graded in the first round like 60 deep which is unheard of right usually you're having a hard time fitting those guys in the first mm-hmm. round like you're saying oh I've got 15 guys in the first round grade the rest of these guys are maybe second round picks right to have 50 to 60 guys who could fit in that first round it just adds to the evaluation process. And that kind of trickles down throughout the draft. There's probably 50 or 60 second rounders. There's probably 50 or 60, 60 third rounders. So your evaluation needs to be dialed in at a high level. And that's because of COVID. That's because, like, you know, all those guys came back for that last year. There's a couple guys who have played 61 games at their various schools, yep. which is very unusual, and that's all due to COVID. So I think um, that's what I that's what I would think about, right, is just there's more people this year that have high high draftable grades, and you got to watch all of them. Make your best assessment. And maybe it's pressure, maybe it's whatever, but to me, it's more of a reflection of this year's draft and how absolutely dense it is. Uh, that makes sense, absolutely. And you're, and you're right. There's a lot of guys that, you know, and you've talked about this and, again, just illustrated it. You know, you could find starters, and Martin Mayhew mentioned it uh, on Monday as well. You could find starters deep into the fourth round yeah. uh, in this particular draft. Um, before I forget, because I already teased this, you worked with some of the tight ends in this group. Of course, you're a former longtime NFL tight end. What do you like about this group? Some of the, and, and, and if you can, share what, you know, uh, some of the guys that you, you, you've worked with. And, of course, you're a UCLA guy, so uh, I know Dulcich is, is one of those guys, yeah. uh, if I'm saying his name, uh, yeah. you know, right, that has jumped out. Uh, 
Um, you know, tell us a little bit about the class and what you like uh, about this group. So I think this is kind of an interesting, uh, interesting year because it's not like a true number one. Kind of feels like a little bit like the quarterback class. It's it's deep, but it's not necessarily like at the high cream of the crop, guys. Obviously, Trey McBride from Colorado State is kind of the guy this year. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone thought he was going to run slow at his pro day. He ran a four five mid four five, mm-hmm. which is really fast. I don't necessarily see that on tape, but I think he's good in line. He's physical when the ball's in the air. He tracks the ball well, so he feels very safe. Greg Dolchich at UCLA is a guy that I got to work with. Great kid, very smart, wants to be a great football player, more of a receiver build, super twitched up. Um, you know, he's going to need to do some growing as a run blocker, but probably because he's like a mismatch, mismatch piece will probably be a second-round selection as well. And then you need the guys like Jelani Woods, who I worked with, who is, you know, one of my favorite guys in the whole draft this year just because the physical measurables, right? great character, um, obviously a little green, little raw at Virginia. But, you know, wasn't coached up at a super high level, converted quarterback, a lot of potential there with him to kind of be something special, you know, and that's why I think he gets pushed up a little bit, maybe gets in the second, although that would be a little rich. I think top of the third is probably more realistic for him. Uh, Charlie Cronar, the guy from Iowa State, again, very, very smart dude, 4.0 GPA coming out of Iowa State, engineering major kind of guy, very analytical, big 34 and a half inch arms, that's tackle length arms. I, I think he's better in the pass game than people think because he's a little stiff. Um, shows some nice blocking willingness, but needs to grow in that area. But, again, that's a good value pick. He'll be a starter probably in the NFL as a, as a Y-type body, so he'll play 50, 55% of the snaps for you, depending on your offensive structure. Uh, the kid from uh, Ohio State is solid, just a solid football player, blocks well. I think he moves better as a passer than people get him, give him credit for the guy that I like a lot is from San Diego State. I think he's going to move up. I think he's going to be in that Jelani Woods, Ohio mm-hmm. State realm. I think a lot of people have him lower than me, but I like his physicality. I think he's a better athlete than people think. And you see him at the combine, and dude is rocked up. So I always like that because it shows the guys like about the physicality of the position and what it takes to be good. Um, and then, you know, guys like Isaiah Likely, I don't love because he's this tremendous athlete, but he didn't measure and test very well, which is always a big red flag to me. So I think he slides down. He might be late fourth or early fifth round type of pick. But again, like it's all of these guys kind of have questions, uh, you know, like Otten out of UW is another guy, really good tape when he's playing, but has had a couple injuries. I like him for Washington because I think he'll be in that kind of fifth round range mm-hmm. and kind of a like uh, maybe a high risk because of the injury, but I think a big reward because of the athleticism and the stuff he puts on tape. So, again, there's all these guys that got some nice tools, but there's all these kind of question marks and, like, yeah, buts type of thing. Oh, another guy is um, – I forget his name, but the kid from Youngtown State um, is someone that everyone I've talked to has brought up, right? Mm-hmm. They just like his – he's got, like, a 9-6 RAS score. And he's right. And 6-7, big guy. And he was walking around the facility the other day, and I saw him, and I was like, literally like, holy cow, like, what planet did you come from? So, obviously, huh. guys like that are really exciting. But, again, because of the level of competition, probably around that fifth-round range. So, keep an eye on that. 
Oh, interesting. Uh, and remember, John Bates was a fourth-round pick uh, last year, and Samus Reyes, of course, they're still developing. But with Logan Thomas coming off of the ACL, and again, you never know with injuries and development, you got to have more and more bodies and a new tight ends coach. That's something to keep in mind with Juan Castillo replacing Pete Hainer. So he may want to put his stamp on that particular position, get one guy that he really likes. So I think that's a really good breakdown of the tight end group. Listen, I have a thousand other questions for you. Unfortunately, uh, you know, I got to keep this, uh, you know, uh, kind of wrapped up. And I know you're a busy, busy man. I so appreciate you. Um, you, uh, you've always been good to me, uh, you know, and, and, and I love talking ball with you. Uh, I could do it for hours and hours and hours, but I appreciate, uh, your time. Um, and, and, and thank you so much for doing this. Uh, I, I, again, I can't thank you enough. Chris, thanks so much, man. It's always a pleasure talking to the rooster, man. Always a pleasure. <laughs> That's my guy, Logan Paulson. Let me say goodbye to our audience here. Uh, Logan, before you uh, step aside, we want to thank you guys for making the Locked On Commanders podcast your first listen and watch of the day. Come on back for the next episode. David will be back. Uh, he will be solo, and then we'll be back together, of course, for the NFL Draft. Now make your second listen and watch the Locked On NFL Draft podcast. Ryan Tracy, former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker. They bring the NFL Draft to life each and every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. You want to hop in, it's 301-615-3577 or LockedOnWashingtonCommanders at gmail.com. For David Harrison, who's covering the uh, Washington Commanders for SI.com's Fan Nation, and for Logan Paulson, our special guest, I'm Chris Russell, and after the Russell and Matt Hurst Show on the Team 980, we'll be back right here on the Locked On Commanders podcast. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.